everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where it is a sweltery week here in New York City when we thought last week was challenging. This week is certainly hotter. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. I'm a little obsessed with the heat because, frankly, I'm a winter girl, so if I keep mentioning it a bunch of times over the next couple of months, I apologize in advance. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, I am joined by somebody who loves the heat, Houston's only Yoni Pollock. Good morning, Yoni. Good morning. So this is nothing for you. Oh, it's beautiful. Actually, when I went into your car to <laughs> grab something, yes, the heat, like, you know when you get into a car, like that- that Smacks like, you. Oh, and I love it. Uh. I was just like, wow, I wish I was in a nice boiling hot car <laughs> getting in there, and the seatbelt's like smoking hot, uh. and you can't even touch the steering wheel because it's so hot. I don't understand you some days. Oh, it's so beautiful. You know, when Nachum and I have to drive somewhere- and um, we're about to get into the car after being in the studio for whatever reason, you know, forever length of time in this heat. I will not get in the car and close the door until the air conditioning is running. <laughs> okay, I hear it. I'm just, I'm just. You like that you. smack oh, in the face of the heat? So nice. It I mean, you at, home, right? And at some point, though, it does get a little too hot at points. But like, this is nothing. Oh, nothing. Oh, please. I might go back into your car for the rest of the day <laughs> with the air conditioning off. Yep. And good luck to you on that. Yoni actually, actually, will be the one watching the store, so to speak. As the rest of us head to Israel next week, Yoni, thank you for being the adult in the room. Uh, the incredible programming begins early next week. After Jam and the AM on Monday, Nahum and I will be boarding our next Nefesh Benefesh flight. It's our annual charter flight with the lucky and blessed Olim heading to Eretz Yisrael as they make Aliyah and they join our brethren in the Holy Land. As I like to refer to it, it's the party bus. The party bus departs JFK Monday afternoon and in a never done before feat of incredible broadcasting, we will be recording the first half of Thursday, of Tuesday's JM and the AM on board the plane and finish the second half of the program from Ben Gurion during the arrival ceremony Tuesday morning. So actually, I'm very excited about this. There are so many exciting possibilities on that plane. And frankly, while we have talked about it a number of times, we've never actually given our listeners the opportunity to hear firsthand what it's like to hear from people while while we are on board. We have done individual interviews, and that's for sure. And we've been able to play those for our listeners, interviews that we have recorded mid-flight, but not 90 minutes straight of the uh, of the flight, so I'm very excited, and uh, it should be it should be a hoot. That is for sure, because as you know, it is the party bus. Anything can happen. My thanks also to Mayor Cruder of Cruder Photography, who will be joining us on Monday at JFK to photograph everything going on here in New York that morning. As Olim gather in the airport, are surrounded by their families, get ready to say goodbye and get ready to take the flight of their lives. So that's all starting this coming Monday and tomorrow. Don't miss Table for Two. It is a live table for, uh, table for two from Gourmet Glot in Woodmere. It starts at 9 a.m. And uh, Naomi is hosting a supersized show. It continues till 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You'll be in for a real treat. Naomi is joined by Mendy Hertz from Gourmet Glot. He, they will be barbecuing live on the air because in 95-degree weather, weather in New York, you know what we should be doing? A live show outside with a barbecue. If you're in the five towns, and want to join us, or if you're not in the five towns but want to come anyway 
There will be giveaways, there will be raffles, and of course, the Aussie Gourmet herself. In addition, many people have heard that Marzipan Ruglach are now available here in the United States with the packaging and the sticker and the big M and everything. So hear from the people who have made it happen. They, too, will be at Naomi's show. That's Friday morning, tomorrow morning, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after JM in the AM. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks, as always, for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nachum Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. By the way, shout out to Rachel Wolf and her husband, Andrew, on the birth of their baby girl, Mazal Tov, to them and to all of our friends at the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Here we go. Fortune cookie. Fortune cookie. Should I dedicate this one to Rachel? Or you know what? I can. You know why? Because you didn't pick these out. <laughs> and I'm also going to play these numbers. You know why? Because you didn't, didn't pick them out. out. That is correct. Right. That is the answer, by the way, to many, many things today. Because Yoni didn't pick it out. Here we go. A calm sea does not make a skilled sailor. I actually like this one. I hear it. Yeah, so do I. So do I. You don't have game when everything is calm. Mm-hmm. I like this one a lot. And you know why I like it? No. Because you didn't pick it out. The numbers <laughs> are 42. How could you not fall for that, by the way? 42, 28, 54, 33, 24, and 17. That's right. I shared that information, even though I'm playing Powerball with it. Uh, national holidays. It's National Macaroni and Cheese Day. That's great. That's great. With real cheese, not that powdered stuff, people. And it's also Shark Awareness Day. Um, is that a is that a very popular holiday in Houston, Shark Awareness well, I think Day? It might be like Shark Week's coming up, I think. It is? I want to, I'm taking a guess there. I don't know. I feel like I've seen it around the social you know, like, media. Right. I feel like I've just seen okay. it on social media. Um, can, can we also share, I mean, because you shared it on, on Facebook, can we share your exciting announcement? Oh, go for it. Okay. Yoni, this is not an, everybody's like, oh, is Yoni engaged? No, because just because, right. Not that exciting. And not that, no, not that kind of excitement. <laughs> this is different. Yoni Pollock will be a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. That's right. You, you didn't. Da, 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 da. Exactly. You and Vanna and Pat. The three best friends. OMG. And when is that supposed to take place? I don't know. So they give you so you you got this letter in the mail snail mail. Correct. I got a letter just saying I've been selected as a contestant after obviously auditioning and applying. Right. We should let people know right. that. Right. And yeah. then um, they kind of just tell me like they're going to call me any time in the next you know twelve months, eighteen months, and they're just going to say, hey, we need you on this date in two weeks from now. So you're like in the military reserves kind of a thing. That's what I've been. You get a people. you get a exactly you get a call up. Exactly. You get a call up date. You got fourteen days, and you got to show up in Los Angeles for your taping. Uh, assuming work allows me to yes that is true right we'll have to talk about that All off right. the air anyway let's get to our guests because there's so much to talk about and um i love having rabbi josh halkman the sports rabbi on the air especially uh in light of this unbelievable this largest ever israeli team of contingents of olympic hopefuls who are heading to rio it was covered this week in the times of israel and rabbi josh halkman joins us now good morning rabbi What's going on, Miriam? How are you, sir? Everything good? Doing very well here in Jerusalem. Excellent. I, I hear it's toasty. Uh, it's toasty only when you're outside, but if you're inside <laughs> a nice air-conditioned office, there's no problems. And if you go from an air-conditioned office to an air-conditioned car, back to an air-conditioned home, you're, you're, in, you're in decent shape. Not a big fan of the heat, but... Uh, Tis the season. So they say tis the season is right. Well, we look forward to uh, joining everyone and the Heat, please God, next week in Jerusalem. So let's talk about the Olympics. 
We have 48 Israeli hopefuls. And of course, I love the significance of the number 48. We have 48 uh, Olympic hopefuls heading from Israel to Rio. Tell us what we're looking at here. There are uh, a lot of a lot of athletes in a lot of different uh, categories and sports that are going to be going over to uh, Rio. It's the largest contingent ever that Israel is sending to any Olympic Games. Uh, it's led by nine. There are going to be nine athletes in the athletic department, all the way down to uh, one in badminton. So we're sending a bunch of different people in a bunch of different areas. I can highlight some of the, you know, the real, the actual real hopefuls for medals. And believe it or not, Israel can, can believe it or not, potentially win a medal in this Olympic Games. It's happened before, of course. Gal Friedman won Israel's first Olympic gold medal back in 2004, and Yael won Israel's first Olympic medal, which was a silver medal back in the 1992 Games in Barcelona. Right. Uh, but I'll tell you this, Miriam. We have, first of all, a triple jumper by the name of Hanna Kaznieva Minenko, who comes from the Ukraine and made Aliyah to Israel. She just wrapped up a silver medal in the European Championships. Coming off of an injury, she is in very good shape to actually take a medal in this Olympic Games. You know, she's, uh, you know very she's gonna, interesting, you very know, interesting sport, the triple jump. You know she's going to end up marrying somebody whose last name is like Goldberg or something, right? <laughs> We hope we hope so because that last name is uh, that last name is quite a uh, quite a, a mouthful. That is for sure. Yeah, she's I'm very definitely I'm... one of the big hopefuls. She's also associated with the Maccabi Sports Clubs. Uh, I wish I met with the head of the Maccabi Sports Clubs actually a couple of days ago to discuss all the various different uh, different sports that they're associated with in the Tel Aviv area. Okay. So it was very interesting to learn about some of her history, and uh, she's definitely a title contender and could wind up on a podium if she takes the right jump and we're all hoping that she will let me ask you another interesting at, let me yeah, ask sure, you yeah let me ask you besides that category how many different categories of competition does israel have the have the uh, potential to meddle in is she the only one or are there other categories no there are a few there are actually a few categories okay. and even if israel makes it to the finals of a competition be it for example in swimming where Yaakov Tumarkin, who does the backstroke, if he ends up in a final, that is a massive accomplishment. It means he's one of the top eight in the whole world wow. out of how many swimmers that swim and specialize in the backstroke. That would be unbelievable. Uh, and he, believe it or not, is also a, a potential dark horse for medal. Yaakov Tumarkin is, and he's uh, definitely one of the most talented swimmers ever to come out of Israel. How many? And of course, Miriam... Go ahead. Uh, how many of the um, how many members of the of the contingent are women, and how many are men? Because doing a little bit of research, it does. I mean, you, you just mentioned one female competitor and one male competitor, but it sort of seemed to me, and I, I could be wrong, that there seemed to be more women than I necessarily expected being part of this team. Yeah, there are a lot of women on this team, and they are mostly in the gymnastics area plus the judo area. And again, swimming is one of the big places, uh, and sailing is also a place where Israel could definitely score a medal. There are three uh, females in the sailing competition, six in the gymnastics, and the gymnastics is another place where on the right day, uh, Israel may take a medal, especially in some of the rhythmic gymnastics. Who are who Definitely are their big a possibility? Who are their big competitions? I mean, if we're if we if you have to line them up and you say, well, the 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 other team, the Russia. other country, Russia, okay. 
And interestingly enough, if you look at the rhythmic gymnastic team of Israel, most of the, the people that participate in that are, of course, Russian Olim. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Right. We got, we got Russian <laughs> doctors. Course, also, our flag bearer is a rhythmic gymnastic on the individual side, Neta Rifkin. And she also, I wouldn't say she's going to be a medal contender, but she's definitely going to represent Israel very uh, proudly and has been associated with the Olympic Games and athletics in Israel for many, many years. And she'll be bearing the flag as they walk into the stadium. Now, I know that there is a little bit of... Um saving face, so to speak, that the Israeli, the Israeli contingent did not do as well as expected in the 2012 Olympics. And so there's this need, so to speak, to bring us back to our previous glory. Am I right? Uh, definitely. And I think that the chance where we could see some, you know, even multiple medals, I know it sounds crazy, but of course, me as a sports rabbi, I'm always the optimist, especially when it comes to sports <laughs> and Israel. You have to look at the judo, and over there you have people that have won world championships and European championships, which would be absolutely amazing. On the women's side, you have Gili Cohen and Yarden Jerby, who has won world championships. These are definite contenders. Linda Boulder is another contender. On the male side, Orsa Son and Sagimuki are very big contenders. And, of course, you know that Israel's always been strong in the judo category. If we look all the way back to, of course, Yael Arad, who was one of the, uh, obviously, Israel's first medalists. So it's definitely ingrained in the Israeli psyche and the Israeli sports uh, community that judo is a very strong area. Arik Zevi, who just recently retired, had represented Israel, won a world championship, won a European championship, and... Uh, Again, you see a long list of people that follow in their footsteps. So that is definitely a place where, again, it would, it would be amazing. If Israel could walk away with four medals, and I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> and maybe people are going to laugh at me. Right. The fact is, on the right, on the right day, with the, things going exactly to plan, Israel could walk away with some medals. I know it sounds odd. I know it sounds crazy. But who knows? Miriam, you may have me on in a few weeks and say, boy, Josh, you were right. You nailed it. Four yeah. medals. How what, did you know? Wouldn't that be incredible if all the chips fall where we would like them to? That would be an incredible, incredible feat for the Israeli Olympic team. Rabbi Josh Halleckman joins us today on That's Life. He is the sports rabbi. He's a returning guest here. You know what's interesting, Josh, is that I was reading over some information, some biographical information on the team, and I was struck by this kibbutz goliot kind of feel when i look at the makeup of the israeli team you have the um you have the kenyan born marathoner you have this person who came from russia who's in gymnastics you have this person who did that this guy who's came from los angeles you have all of these jews who are coming from different quarter you know different corners of the of the globe so to speak and they've all come back and and they are representing israel they're representing the state of israel and the diversity of the team plus that that zionistic spirit really spoke to me when i looked at you know the landscape that is the israeli olympic team yeah i mean across the board i couldn't agree with you more miriam that uh, i think in in all aspects of Israel, you see Kibbutz Galiot, you see so many people from different countries. Literally in my apartment building, we have people from Iran, Iraq, uh, you know, Morocco, 
you have people from France, you have people from England, uh, just, you know, on a couple floors, uh, people from Brazil, mm. uh, myself, originally a Canadian, my wife, uh, a New Yorker. Uh, that's just on two floors in my building. Wow. And it's really, uh, you look at sports, it's really the epitome of what Kibbutz Galiot is, especially in Israel, where you have people coming together from all, you know, all corners of the globe to represent Israel and, and all of them on their own merit. They, you know, I don't think, you know, back in the day, Miriam, sometimes there would be some ringers coming in from this country or that country <laughs> to help represent Israel. You'll see that in the Israel Baseball Classic, the right. World Baseball Classic. You'll definitely see some of those ringers playing for Israel. But when you really look at the Olympic team, the pe- most of these people have lived in Israel, had made Aliyah, have trained in Israel. Uh, interestingly enough, you look at golf. You, can you imagine this? We have an Olympic female golfer, Latisha Beck, who was the first Israeli ever to be on the LPGA Tour. She trained in Duke University. But her family had made Aliyah from Belgium and lived in Kisaria. And what do you have in Kisaria? The only golf course, you know, only golf course in Israel. Right. So, of course, she trained as a child. She started off in this course as a five, six-year-old. And day after day, she grew to love the sport, eventually went to Florida to do some training, went to Duke University, and now represents Israel on the, on the tour, which is phenomenal. That is, uh, that is quite phenomenal. It is certainly not a sport where we would necessarily possibly see a member of of the Israeli team but the um the that kind of representation is, is truly amazing i wonder what kinds of reception the israeli team will get from their fellow athletes and i really don't mean on a political level i'm trying to keep that aside i really mean in terms of again that spread of demographics the uh the stereotypical yeah. understanding that people think an israeli quote unquote looks like this and then all of a sudden you have this for lack of a better term, and this might be the right term, a melting pot of cultures and of skin colors and of backgrounds that all represent the same beautiful country. And it just, I wonder what's going to happen when they show up in Rio and somebody looks at them and goes, you play for who? <laughs> well, I'll tell you an interesting story, Miriam. And uh, it's, it's, soccer is an Olympic sport. However, Israel is not represented. But I was with the Israel national soccer team in March. I flew on the airplane with them to a city called Osijek in Croatia, which borders on uh, which borders on Serbia and borders on Hungary. A small little town, which the only Jewish thing in the town is what Miriam a memorial for the Holocaust. Wow. Uh, not much else in this city. Wow. And unfortunately, however, if you look at what people were on the airplane, I'll describe it to you. We had Ashkenazi, Svardi, Russian Olim, Ethiopians, Bedouins, Druze, Caucasians, Christians, and Muslims that all play for the Israel national team of all different skin color, of all different backgrounds, all with one goal in representing Israel. And not only that, Miriam, on the way back, on the plane ride back, it was Purim night. Now, I live in Jerusalem, so I only celebrate on Jerusalem Purim. However, one of the players who was Masorti, had with him a Megillah, and he made sure to have multiple copies of Megillahs that people could read, but he he had an actual scroll. And uh, we were sitting there at 1.30 in the morning on the airplane reading the Megillah. I don't know what other country could have that type of impact or do something like that. It's an amazing thing. That's incredible. 
I absolutely, absolutely love that story. That That's really great. Besides a flag, obviously, and multiple flags, do you know what in particular the Israeli team is going to be taking with them? Uh, yeah, I, I sort of have this romantic vision that everyone gets a Tanakh. Uh, you know, akin to akin to being sworn into the army. Is it? Is it? Are they taking? Are they taking additional items with them? Not that I know of. I'm sure that they will be bringing some kind of uh, souvenir that they trade with a lot of the athletes. Most probably would be a pin. That's usually the the item that uh, many of the athletes bring that the Olympic Committee gives out are pins. So what happens is when the players are hanging out from all the different uh, countries and the athletes are together in different events because it's not just the sports. For them, it's also a chavaya. I mean, it's really an experience to meet and greet people that you would never have any contact with. And a lot of times teams trade pins. That's a usual type of uh, souvenir, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be coming with. And, and it's a chance for you know people from other countries, uh, be it Kazakhstan, China, Angola, it could be uh, Chile. It could be, you know, Canada to meet some of their brethren. There are going to be also Jewish athletes on many of the other teams. Right. And a lot of times you'll see them gravitate towards the Israel, you know, the Israel athletes because they, they can identify with them. And that's also one of the beautiful things about the Olympics is that those barriers are taken down both for the Jews, but also for some of the countries that Israel may not have uh, you know, political recognition with where athletes can just be athletes. And mm. it could be Syria. It could be Libya. It could be even Iran. And, uh, you know, that's p- part of the special things that we have in uh, in Israel. And one of those opportunities that I know that uh, Andre Spitzer, of course, the, the husband of Anki Spitzer, Andre sure. Spitzer was one of the athletes that was murdered in the 72 Olympics. That was one of the things that he looked so much towards being at the Olympics to be able to meet and greet people that they would never have that opportunity to. Are there any Israeli Arabs on the team? And not to my knowledge. I, I, uh, there could be, not to, my, not to my knowledge. I don't believe there is, but again, I could be wrong. I, I, I've gone through the list. I've gone through the list, and I know, of course, that there's Ethiopians, and there's Russians, and there's Kazakhstan and Ukraine, and definitely, there's plenty of uh, plenty of Israelis. However, I I do not believe that there are. Interesting. And one other question: uh, All of this training. I mean, there are so many diverse sports that are being re- that in which Israelis are representing the country. I wonder. I, I um, sailing is something they can train for at home, so to speak. Um, golf, mm-hmm. golf, you got to go away for gymnastics, swimming. I mean, where where was the tra- the the training primarily done? Primarily done here in Israel uh, for most of the most of the you know sports. I mean, uh, swimming. There's Olympic sized swimming pools. Wingate Institute has a massive sports facility. Um, you know, the wrestlers were here. Weightlifting, uh, triathlon, tennis. Duty Sela, who plays on the of course in the uh, the tour, the men's tour. So he's playing. I mean, he's playing primarily outside of Israel because that's where they play. Uh, but again, all these athletes have participated in competitions outside of the country. So as they may train here in Israel, primarily they are, you know, they are honing their trades outside with the, the other athletes of their same like sports in different countries at different competitions and different. You always see them heading off to this country and that country for this competition, that competition, the European, the European competition, the World Championships, and. Uh, 
Yeah, but primarily they train here in Israel at this point. Well, I look forward to speaking to you in a couple of weeks. God should be on our side in many different ways, but I would love to see as Israeli as many Israelis medal as possible. That is for sure. Rabbi Josh Halleckman joins us again. My thanks to you as always for giving us that sports update that we need, and I uh, I hope to run into you next week in some very well air conditioned spot. That sounds like a great idea, Mary. I'm looking forward, and uh, you know everybody out there, just root for Israel. Amen. Wave your flags. Make sure you watch them on TV and uh, give it the good. The good go, because maybe we'll come away with a few medals. Sounds great. Josh, thanks so much. Take care, Miriam. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect, what to look forward to, and what not to miss. A full afternoon of programming starts for you right in just a few, mon- few minutes. The live lunch is hosted today by Avrami here on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, and, of course, on the NSN app. It is an encore of the stunt show hosted by Leo Razamic and TBT. It is a JM in the AM from July 14, 2004. Get a load of this. The guests are Rabbi Yigal Siegel, Ariel Abraham, Aliza Abraham, and uh, MK, member of Knesset, Aryeh Eldad. What is this entire show about from 2004? Nefesh Benefesh and Aliyah. Nice job of Rummy. Don't miss Jamie and Aime tomorrow morning, especially at 7.40 in the morning as Malcolm Holine joins Nachum, the weekly update. And at the conclusion of Jamie and Aime, as I had mentioned at the beginning of the program, a live table for two from Gourmet Glot in Woodmere. Naomi is on from 9 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. She has an amazing lineup. Packed show, high octane, barbecue, and rugelach. Sounds like a plan. I leave you today with Jerusalem is Calling by Diaspora Yeshiva Band. I play this same song every time we head to Israel, and this trip is no exception. I can't wait. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Avram's open desert tent History's children in every event Are looking for a way to lighten up their load And brighter than the sun you shine Jerusalem, you're on my mind You lift my soul, you echo the divine Providence that guides us so that we may teach and all may know the hand that may admonish or reward has given us this holy space, Jerusalem. To you I turn, I trace my steps back to you now again. Jerusalem is calling, Jerusalem is calling. Hear it echo through the canyons of your mind Until you reclaim the things you've left behind It's telling you this just might be the time
Might be the time 